Hi guys, our guest this week for the finale episode of Millennial Mirror Season 3 is storyteller and shadow integrator Miriam Rolf, who tells stories about different facets of the human experience in the form of immersive audio recordings and poetry films. It was a very interesting conversation. I've got to say, like, as a person who also creates content, having a conversation with another content creator about their process and kind of what goes into it and stuff like that. Um, it's it's fun and okay. And sometimes it sounds weird and sometimes it sounds whatever, but I think you guys will enjoy it. Anyway, listen in. Welcome, Mariam, and thank you so much for being on today's episode. Thank you for having me. So we start with the question we asked everyone this season. What's the story of Mariam Roth? Um, I struggle with answering that question. I don't really know where to start from. Um, is there a particular angle you'd like me to focus on? I usually ask this question and just kind of see what pops up for the guest because it's kind of how you tell your story is very personal, I think. Um, well, it's interesting because I'm writing a memoir. And uh, I've been thinking about where I want to start from. And there's so many different angles. Um, and I found myself starting from a very young age. Mm. So my father is Persian Saudi. My mom's Scottish. Mm. I was born in England. I was raised in Saudi Arabia. And then I went to the UK to kind of try to figure out where I stood in the world. And... Uh, I got a degree, worked in the corporate world for many years. And then suddenly I realized uh, that wasn't what I wanted to do. And it kind of happened after having a bit of an existential crisis. But following that, uh, I've, been, I've been creating. That's, that's what I've been spending my time doing, thinking a lot, creating. Can I ask, was there anything specific that kind of caused the existential crisis? Yeah, I think... I think I wasn't being true to who I was. I think mm -hmm. that's what happened. Um, I was kind of playing a role or in the cultural program, taking part, um, trying to fit in. And um, a lot of what I had wanted and what I had built for myself um, Upon attaining it, I suddenly realized that I'm not sure I want this anymore, you know? Yeah. And then after that, um, I think I had, well, I mean, it sounds dramatic, but I broke down. Uh, core pillars of my life were falling apart. Everything I had built for myself and identified with um, friendships, relationships, job applications, everything was just falling apart. And then suddenly I realized I didn't want any of that anyway. And I think that's when the shift happened. And so what's your focus now? What do you, what do you focus on in terms of like creating, I guess? Um, uh, I, don't, I won't say there's a particular genre, but uh, it's just whatever I feel, really. Mm -hmm. uh, I think a lot. I reflect a lot. Um, whatever comes to me, I write about. Uh, I often think about my struggles in the world, my fears, my desires, my curiosities and that's kind of what I focus on and it changes every day. Okay. So, so I'm reading um, here it says in your kind of like mini bio shadow integrator. What does that mean? Let's break that down for the um, listeners who might not. It's 
It's being honest with yourself and admitting um, the darker aspects of your personality. It's becoming conscious of them, mm -hmm. of your weaknesses, your um, maladaptive tendencies and flaws and shortcomings, and integrating those into your conscious awareness so that you're not deluding yourself, not mm -hmm. being in denial of them but seeing yourself as a whole. Do you think, um, I mean, it's, it's interesting you say that because like I think for such a long time, and especially I think in my 20s, there was such a big part of like, okay, there is this dark part that we're just going to keep <laughs> to the side because that's a little scary and we're going to keep that away from everyone else. Um, and then I think when I learned, especially through therapy and stuff, to kind of just... A, to embrace it and to realize it's not this, like, horrific monster. It's just kind of, like, a darker side to things. Yeah. Um, you don't have any monsters, though? <laughs> I mean, I think it's it's that my monsters are not... As monstrous. As not as monstrous as I thought they are. And they're not something to be feared and kept into in a corner. They're more things to be embraced. And if I embraced them, I'd be able to, like... Use their force. Use their... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think... I became a lot more powerful mm. and a lot more full Yeah, exactly. when I was able to do that mm -hmm. um, as opposed to kind of walking through life scared that someone would see the monster, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. You know I, mean? I think we hide the monster because of what people think. But also for ourselves, I think it's, it's hard to um, confront these aspects. But I think by... Um, Admitting these inferiorities and inadequacies and self-deception tactics, but also the injustices and uh, faulty cultural programs that we either enable or turn a blind eye to is an unpleasant experience. Mm -hmm. But in doing so, we also get to see some of the wonderful things. Um, and we get to, uh, I suppose, lead a more conscious and personal life that's tailored to what's real to us. Um, and so you went from, what were you doing before you started, I guess, you know, working in, more, in a more creative field and stuff like before that? Before that? Yeah. Oh, God, those were the, yeah. I, so I was in the corporate world. Okay, so you yeah. were in corporate. And then, yeah. like, what made, so you went from being in the corporate world to starting, like. Well, I was doing well. I was in the corporate world. Um, I had a few targets. I achieved them. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started to lose my sense of purpose because I thought, okay, what's next? That's, is the next stage going to be uh, just climb the corporate ladder? And uh, and so I quit. Yeah. And then I just I, and I got lost for a period of time, yeah. trying to figure out what I wanted, uh, what, how to even know what I feel and whether it is what I want to do or um, where I stand in in uh, where my place in the world is, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and then I started exploring different avenues, and eventually it led me to to what I'm doing now, which is uh, creating content, storytelling. And, and how did like, I guess, how did you reach that point? How did you realize like storytelling and creating content was what you wanted to do? Because I feel like a lot of people I speak to, especially those who are in the corporate world, and end up being kind of put into these like boxes want a creative outlet or feel like they want to do something creative with their life. But then they're like, well, I don't know what it is and I don't know how to find it. And I don't know how to like, 
get there. So I guess what was that journey or trajectory like for you? Um, <clears throat> I think it was the process of elimination. Mm. Actually, I call it the inclusion and extraction process. So I started removing a lot of what didn't work for me okay. and including more of what did and just paying attention to it. And then I started to slowly feel a shift from this need to belong to this need to create, this need to fit in and survive and fix to this need to realize and be. And uh, of course, I endured a, a period of isolation mm -hmm. and, and loneliness in the process because I was getting rid of so much that I was attached to. <clears throat> but slowly I began to see the rewards and I've been hooked on it since. Can you give me some examples of the things that you tried including that maybe didn't work and some of the things that you excluded that you then kind of maybe were like, mm, do I want to really exclude that? Well, I, I mean in terms of life, um, mm -hmm. in terms of the information I was receiving, uh, the content I was exposing myself to, the conversations I was having, the people I befriended, mm -hmm. the food I was eating, uh, everything. Like wow, I started okay. to declutter, you know? And by decluttering, I made room for for other explorations. And so I started doing that. And I I kind of went nuts with it. Um, we won't talk about <laughs> that because we're in Dubai. <laughs> but, yeah. um, and then, yeah, and one thing led to another. Uh, I had always liked writing anyway. Uh, I've always been a thinker first and foremost. And then it became a question of figuring out how to express what I feel. Mm -hmm. And that is actually something I'm still exploring. I'm still, I mean, it's, it started off with recordings, uh, composing music with artists and musicians, then putting a film together. But I'm sure there are other avenues I'm going to be exploring down the line. Um, so speaking of that, how do you channel philosophy and psychology into what you create and put out into the world? Okay, so... Psychology is the study of the mind and human behavior, right? Mm -hmm. And philosophy is the study of the fundamental nature of knowledge, reality, and existence. So I, um, the subjects uh, underpinning those two disciplines are what I weave into the fabric of my content, amongst other subjects from mm -hmm. other fields like science and astronomy. But when it comes to psychology, um, I think understanding the psyche, the cause and effect of our experiences, helps you understand who you are better and helps you understand people around you better. And when it comes to philosophy, for me, philosophy is really a perspective. It's an attitude. It's, it's the lens through which I see the, the broader world mm -hmm. outside of people. Um, it's not... It's not an opinion. It's not conclusive. It's possibilities of interpretation. So the more you see uh, from your interior and exterior world, the more material you have to create from. Mm. And the more material you have, the more connections you're able to make. I think that's what creativity is. It's making new connections. No, I completely agree. I think, I mean... <clears throat> We create very, very differently. <laughs> um, I mean, we work in podcasting and I create kind of like fictional content and storytelling and even historical narratives and things like that. But um, how is that very different though? 
I mean, in, in the sense of the final product, I would say. But okay, yeah, but yeah, no, yeah, in terms the of the product. creative process, no, I completely agree. I think a having a lens and having a perspective and having an un, through which you see the world and being able to kind of look through multiple lenses yeah, allows you to kind of process things differently. And also when you're creating content, create content differently because it it almost is like, oh, I can create content from this perspective because for this thing, and then I can switch and actually create a completely different feel and vibe and because it's it's a lens. It's it's like you said, it's not necessarily a fact. Right? No, it doesn't end with a full stop. Yeah. It's, it's uh, in my case, it's a question mark. I guess in your case, it's an exclamation mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Um, so you've said that you like to invite people into the uncomfortable corners <laughs> of the mind. So what does that look like for you and others? Um, I think it looks like a mirror. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I guess the more honest I am about what I feel, think, and do, the more others are able to recognize their own feelings and thoughts and actions. And of course, some, many, I'd say, are repelled by this, by that type of content. Uh, some take delight in it. Uh, do you think the people that are I guess, repelled by that type of content. Do you think it's a, um, it's too much of a harsh reflection? I think awareness um, is a double-edged sword. Mm -hmm. It's a blessing, but it's also a burden. It holds you responsible for what you see. Um, and as we had discussed earlier, confronting these disagreeable qualities and realities is an unpleasant experience. And I don't think everyone is comfortable doing that. I remember I took, um, when I was being training in a coaching course and we were, you know, like being trained on client work, mm -hmm. um, and how to be with clients. They always kind of taught us like whatever you're not comfortable sitting with that a client is bringing to a table. That's n the issue is not with what the client is doing. It's something that you're uncomfortable kind of sitting with as a person and you need to kind of like look internally and see why you're not comfortable with that. Um, and, and it's funny because now I, I mean, I don't coach, but when I am having a social interaction mm. or any kind of interaction, <clears throat> if, if someone makes me feel uncomfortable um, and not because they're being, I don't know, rude or whatever, just something in the conversation is kind of like making me twitch for some reason yeah. <laughs> and I can't like really put my finger on it. It's usually a signal for me to kind of, be a little more introspective and see like, okay, what, what am I uncomfortable sitting with here? What's being kind of brought up, if that makes sense? Yeah, it does. But the thing as well to remember, I think, is whatever you're uncomfortable with might be justified. Mm. You know, there's this new thing now where everything you're uncomfortable with is your fault and not mm. the person in front of you. No, it might actually be, it might be the situation, it might be justified in the, uh, the discomfort you feel. Yeah, just to clarify, like we're not talking about like, someone being abusive towards you. Right? No, 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 I know. Okay. <laughs> like, for listeners out there, like we're talking more about just kind of like... Triggered. Know. You're just triggered Yeah, you're triggered by something. By something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, and sometimes it is content. And and, and I really there. think uh, there's a source mm -hmm. for every trigger. There's yeah. a cause. But like, I guess my my question to you is, 
do you go and you look for that cause or what do you do when you only if it's relevant i think i think sometimes it's very difficult to find the source mm. um so i i what i tend to focus on more is uh what am i going to do with this feeling is it serving me um what and if it isn't how can i make use of it okay yeah and do you usually make use of it by kind of i guess creating from exactly. it exactly yeah <laughs> Um, I rest order from chaos by um, regurgitating it and then kind of spitting it out in the form of of art, separating it from me. I love that. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I, just, I love that so much. <laughs> just the idea of that. Just um, I find it very exciting because like, I don't know, I guess because we work in, in creative field as well and just the idea of like, I mean, I create shows, but then also like, and this is going to sound stupid, but like I play, for example, Dungeons and Dragons with my friends, okay. which is like a weekly kind of storytelling exercise. Oh, wow. That's um, cool. And I'm the storyteller. So I create mm-hmm. the story within which they play. And it's just interesting kind of because sometimes like week on week, I'll come up with things and put them in front of the players and how they and see how they play with them. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, like after you said that, I'm like, so much of what I do is just me taking like yeah. the chaos inside of me and being like, okay, I'm yeah. going to create a, a scenario or a fiction out of this that I will then let others kind of. Yeah. You can turn um, it into something tangible. You, yeah. you know, you, you don't want to run the risk of choking on your own introversions. Mm, very true. Um, sorry. That was a segue. <laughs> no, good to know though. Uh, so looking at your life now, how is it different from what you expected? So the thing is, I, this is going to sound terrible, but I never expected that much in that I never really had long-term goals. Even when you were back in the corporate world? Yeah, I guess I didn't see t- too far down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always had short-term goal- goals. It's only recently that I've been thinking about goals that will take me about 20 years to accomplish. Wow. Um, I'm such as, I mean, this. One of them is um, reading the majority of the books listed in the Western canon by Harold Bloom. Many of the books in there uh, that he's referenced are heavy reads by mm. Dante, Herodotus, uh, Faulkner, uh, James Joyce. So that's yeah, one of my take goals. 20 years. <laughs> yes. I mean, there's like, yeah. I'd say about a thousand, well yeah. over a thousand yeah. books, and they're, they're tough ones. Yeah. So that's an example of one goal, whereas okay. before I never really had that. Interesting. Okay. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know. Is the memoir a goal? The memoir is a goal for mm-hmm. sure. And it's proving quite challenging. Yeah. Mm. What made you kind of decide to start working on that? I think that's because I thought that is the one thing I have that is truly only mine. Mm. Your story. Well, an angle. I guess that's my problem. I don't know where to start from. I don't know which angle to pick. But yeah. yeah. The the combination of my experiences um, is mine. It's totally mine. So I thought I'd do something with it. Makes sense. Mm. Definitely. Um, So our topic for this week's episode is how does what you create reflect you? And I guess my question to you is, you, how much have you played in that space? <laughs> uh, 
in, in which, sorry. Like, because I mean, we always kind of try to, at the end of part one of the episode, kind of let people know why we've chosen you as a guest to talk yeah. on this topic. And you're telling, you're asking me to answer that yeah. question. <laughs> I was going to say, you tell me. Um, uh, I don't know if, uh, if I'm qualified to speak on this subject, but if I had to guess, I'd say it's because all I do is reflect. Um, and uh, so maybe I'd be able to reflect on how our content reflects us. I don't know. Um <laughs> Maybe I'll add that the content I create is quite clearly not conventional, mm -hmm. quite clearly not commercial in style. Um, it's not made for mass appeal. It's not made for the majority. So I must have arrived at a comfortable place to be able to expose those aspects of myself. Some of my content can be quite heavy to digest. Uh, some is a bit twisted and some expresses deep vulnerabilities. So I'm assuming that's why I'm relevant. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, that's why we chose you. But um, I always, this question always makes the guests <clears throat> very uncomfortable, but I included it very, um, very purposefully, A, for, for the listener's perspective, because sometimes the guests talk about themselves, but they don't really kind of mention the things that, relate to the topic we're discussing and mm. then listeners are like well what does so-and-so know and I'm like well actually so-and-so knows a lot yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean um but I also don't like speaking on behalf of my guests which is why I asked okay. the question uh so that's the end of part one okay thank you so much for being on today's episode Miriam um all the links to your socials and your website and everything will be in the episode description for everyone who wants to find out more or look at some of this amazing artwork um, you can also hear the rest of our discussion about how does what you create reflect you on Wednesday. So make sure to subscribe so that you can not miss that. Uh, and as always, I love your comments and messages. So keep them coming. This is Mshad Nazi signing out. Bye guys. Bye.